0: is teresa the host of you can tell me anything um you guys know that i don't know why i said it like that this is a podcast where comedians confess something they've never told anyone um it's not just confessions you know it's rants raves whatever yeah you guys know the drill anyways i'm very excited for our, my guest today um she uh, is gonna be maybe my soon neighbor she just told me a very funny comedian madison jeppard hi how are you good how are you i'm okay i gotta work on my intros i (laughs) (laughs) realized
1: that was very great it was to the point it you facts only i loved it (laughs)
0: you know what it is is sometimes i um i'll write down stuff to say like i'll do it outlines and then as soon as someone's in the room i do still get self-conscious acting like nobody's there so i'm like let me just introduce my guest but I've, I've been on podcasts where they won't introduce me till like 30 minutes in and I'm just sitting, cause they'll be like, we just talk and then we'll introduce you, which yeah. is, a, I understand, but, um, it I is recorded, weird when I
1: had a podcast, I recorded that section after the person yeah. left. I was as like, you leave should. and then we'll intro you and then your section will come on in like 15, 20 minutes.
0: Right. As I think you should, mm-hmm. um, not to shit on any, I, all of these people were lovely. listen, but just,
1: my podcast failed. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's
0: That's just funny confession because confession number
1: one: I had a failed podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I. What was your podcast about?
1: I mean, it wasn't failed. It was about being made. You just decided but it to, just, to like. Chase, it was so stop. much work, so we ended it. I
0: yeah. had a podcast before this one when I first moved to LA. Actually, I don't know if my listeners know this, so this is like a nugget for you guys too. But um, when I first moved here in like 2015, I started a podcast called. I don't know you. And the whole premise was I invite people I don't know to talk to me for an hour because I want to make friends. Right. But it was like for comedians. And I was like, I was very upfront about it. I was like, I'm inviting strangers to talk to me that I want to get to know. Um, it is a podcast, but it's also just because I don't know anyone. And that's very smart. It would super work because I literally yeah. it was like comedians will say yes to podcasts. And 100% everybody said yes. But also um, like most of those people I am. Friends with now, really? which is really cool. And I oh. think it helped. I mean, obviously, I would have probably mm-hmm. met them anyways. Those yeah. people I saw, like, I s- would see, like, like, I remember Simon Gibson. I saw mm-hmm. him on stage. I really liked his jokes the first time I saw him. Yeah. At a mic. So I was like, oh, he seems cool. I'd love to talk to him. Yeah. And so it's people like that who I already probably would have found anyways, mm-hmm. but I just was like, come in, talk to me. And then kind of sped up the process. I'm trying to think who else? Lindsay Adams. Did yeah, it? What yeah, you,
1: that, that she's like a gem, a joy, yeah. and a delight. I love her so much. It's yeah, it, I'm kind of obsessed the, with her, but she's, she's the best. She's fucking cool. <laughs> she's so cool. Yeah, don't tell her I said this. And she, ba- yeah, if you
0: guys don't, oh, I should have her on. I've never had her on this one, but if you guys oh, don't yeah. know her, you should look up Bake. I think it's baked stuff with Lindsay. Mm-hmm. She makes amazing cakes, but she bitches and moans the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Rude <laughs> and
1: like us verbally assaults people. That's she so funny. streams it live on Twitch. And so she just talks shit to people who write in about it. It's like amazing.
0: <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, but that failed. Well, it didn't fail. I said I would only do 12 cause I, I already knew when I moved here, I was like, I don't really want to like start a project right away. I want to get the lay of the mm-hmm. land but I do want to. Oh, so
1: it was a short series.
0: Yeah. I called it a mini series. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, the other thing was moving from another city where you have friends like from, Mm -hmm. I I was in New York for eight years. So I kind of realized I wanted to capitalize on that window when people, you moved away from still kind of care. Not that they don't now, but you know, if someone's been gone for a while, you, they become a little bit more peripheral. Yeah. So I use that as like, I'll still be able to get fans because people are, um, want to hear what I'm doing and then that'll help me transition into making friends here. I love. I like a manipulation. I love a scam. I love an ulterior motive. I was very honest. I said this is strictly to make friends, and also because I know you'll say yes, and then everyone's like, "Sure."
1: Yeah, I yeah definitely. (laughs) I I love it. It's a great idea.
0: Um, thank you. Well, I'll have to it, listen to it. No, it, it, it's gone now. I didn't want to keep paying for storage. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that's,
1: that's why there's only like three episodes of my old podcast available. So I was like, mm.
0: it's expensive. I was, I did, I kept it alive for a year as an archive. And then I was like, you know what? No, I don't. The 10 people who are listening to this it randomly, yeah. it's not worth it. You yeah. can ask me about it. Um, but anyways, uh, to get to know my guests, I usually like to start by asking for a good confession. Do you have something good you want a to confess?
1: Good confession.
0: Okay. Yeah. like a humble brag, something. You're proud of or
1: okay when i was about 12 or 13 my no 12 <laughs> 13 or 14 my um middle schools uh it, it had a film department and so oh, wow. i made like a couple of short films with them um oh. the most prominent being one uh called remembering rosa parks where i reenacted Uh (laughs) Um, Uh Rosa Parks being asked to sit at the back Of the bus and then having to Like you know having like a moment Of like reflection about like some I don't know it was very weird but that and then another well okay so there was this film competition that Panasonic used to do wow. where they would like have schools like create short films and then mm-hmm. they would have like a little film festival and award ceremony and the schools would get equipment and mm-hmm. editing gear and like sound gear and cameras and all of this but part of that was your film class got to fly to New York whoa and like Wait, they you put you up for a right no this no, no is Texas w- this is when I was in Dallas Te- still okay. yeah so, I uh, so that remembering Rosa Parks one was the first, uh, the first of it. And then, um, the second one, this is the true confession. Uh-huh. All of this is to say I made a film called Black Lipstick
0: Ooh, about
1: cool. standing up to being bullied for being a mall goth in <laughs> Texas in the late, early 2000s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And, uh, it was in black and white. It exclusively featured the music of Hole <laughs> and Kitty. And um, though I wasn't the star of it, I narrated <laughs> it, wrote it and directed it. Wow. And that that went to that Panasonic Film Festival, who's like in eighth grade then. And so we got to go to New York. But then That's I took so cool. it and like took it to a couple of like film festivals in Dallas, like as a 14 year old girl. Amazing. Like, so oh, my God. Yeah, I think it was in about three or four, like, not specific to children film festivals. That's so cool. uh, In Texas, so... Yeah, so that's my like.
0: That's a great confession, and that's also like, cool because right I never I moved to knew that. LA. Yeah, um, I thought you were gonna say like a goofy story that I was like I did a fun like a funny little thing, but I you know this is like legit. You were like, oh no, I did stuff that people our age have not done. Well,
1: <laughs> chill. I was I'm from the hood, and definitely like I, I was one of very few people who did that. So. Yeah, no. It it also dovetails with my actual bigger story. Okay, we'll we'll hold on to that for now. An entree. I think. um, Is that what I want to say? Entree? Yeah, uh,
0: appetizer for the entree. Yeah, yeah, a little appetizer. Yeah. I um uh I did this. I don't. I can't. I wish I could remember the name, and I'm sure I'll think of it once we're done. But um, I volunteered at a program like that in Harlem when Mm -hmm. I was just out of school. I was working with this director. Shout out Rashad Ernesto Green. um, Hi Ernesto. uh, (laughs) What's up, dude? Rashad. He's an amazing director. He did this like uh, film at Sundance and then came to talk to our school about it. And I was a senior and I had nothing. Like I had nothing lined up. And he was like, and I just remember like vibing with, it was like a whole panel of people and everyone was kind of bullshitting uh, post film school people. And he was Mm -hmm. the only guy who seemed like, like a legit artist who was like, had something to say mm-hmm. whatever not to shit on anyone but anyways he just seemed really cool so i was like i'll talk to him after i gave him my email and then um or he had he gave us his email and then i emailed him asking if he needed us like in my mind i had no idea how to do anything so i was like writer's assistant can i be your writer's assistant but he said he did have some stuff to do if i was willing to do it for free and i was like yeah because he didn't ask but i was like or basically was like i have nothing to do mm-hmm. i'd love to just learn so anyways that's way too much backstory, but mm-hmm. um. One of the things he brought me into was uh, he was working with this youth program in Harlem where they basically taught them how to make uh, films and Mm -hmm. then they screened it in this theater, um, which was really cool because the screening wasn't in Harlem and it was like Midtown or by Columbus Circle, I think. So I went to the screen. I was helping out the final event, um, Mm -hmm. but the kids were so excited because they never really get to leave Harlem. And so they were... Like in Midtown and then they got to um, see their own work on this big screen and yeah. it made me really happy to see that because so I was like, I, this kind, these kinds of programs seem so like simple for us when we're in the industry because we're just like, oh, I guess I'll just show up to school and talk for an hour. But like imagine. Yeah, it's like that that access like can get someone so excited about film and then take them all the way into their career you know yeah So
1: i mean it's something i don't really talk about and i i've never like posted the video online i'm <laughs> sure that i should because the views on it would be out of control I would love. it's to see it. so bananas we should get
0: a little clip and pro- promote the yeah podcast with it i
1: should i mean i fuck i, I should just fucking release it but it's on vhs i mean that's oh, how wow like, so
0: you were shooting it on film
1: uh no vhs like it was like like this was like like yeah this is a digital camera like when they first came out Uh, one other thing about that story I i failed to mention is um at the time, Panasonic was the big screen in Times Square. Oh, so they so showed true. our pictures <gasps> on the big screen oh in Times Square. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you
0: get photos of that?
1: Yeah, they're on a – you know, they're on a fucking –
0: I'm writing a uh, note because I don't have a producer today just so I can remind myself no. to ask for this
1: clip. Well, I mean, I don't know that I can get it for oh, you. Okay. You know what I mean? But there is – yeah, I don't know. I There is photos of it, of us from that time, but I don't know if I have – isn't that Somebody. beautiful but we grew up in a time when
0: you can have a memory and it's a memory like i don't mind that because there's i think we would it not that it's whatever there's good pros and cons to both. i mm-hmm. don't want to get into that but sometimes i feel like my memories get diluted like because i think i can have access to it anytime any time i kind of stop remembering what's important mm-hmm. i document everything and then i just kind of like blanket will like erase like 50 pictures at once because i'm like eh, i don't need
1: these yeah yeah no i mean uh that's I have a bunch of, like, undeveloped cameras from that time still. You oh, my God, me, like you have disposable. To develop them. Yeah, I that's think so they're fun. still good. Maybe. We'll see.
0: They Yeah, they, they may be, like, faded. I, I did a disposable camera, like, two or three years after, and a lot of them were faded, but they mm. kind of look cool. Yeah, um, that's cool. You got to do it. Um, I, Texas is really cool for that because I think there's... Austin does a lot of festivals where they have youth mm-hmm. programming. That's so, awesome. Um, I think South by has, like, a Texas... Teen corner.
1: That's fucking dope.
0: So it's really exciting. Yeah. Um. Uh. So you were very art. I know. I know a little bit about you already, obviously, mm-hmm. but um. But I know you're very artistic. Just for people yeah. who are getting to know you now. So you're making films. I know you're writing poetry. Mm-hmm. Oh, what- so much poetry. <laughs> oh, that's right. I did your show yeah, that once and shared <laughs> my
1: angsty teen poetry. What
0: was like? So expression for you growing up was always like. Was that a way that you got um. I don't know, like you. Uh, what am I trying to say? I, I want to phrase this differently. How did, like you? How did you express yourself? Um, obviously
1: through art, but when you had, you know, stuff you had to work through, or, I mean, I grew up in an arty, farty household. <laughs> you know what I mean? My mom was a playwright, and. She wrote and produced, like, ten plays in the oh, 90s. Wow. Like, she's very prolific. Oh, that's so cool. Considering we were, like, so fucking poor. Yeah. So, I grew up in the theater. My parents met in the theater. So, I was always at some play rehearsal or at some, you know, screening of something that somebody had mm-hmm. made or some concert or a play or i i was really in a dance as a as a kid and so i was Mm -hmm. always in class or whatever you know so um i've always just been told that you know groomed to be an artist basically Uh um and it just keeps evolving into like new forms of expression and it all sort of folds into each other like uh like from where i was as a child to now yeah um But I wasn't, I think I, there was so much going on in my household Uh and so much like going on in my neighborhood. I haven't even fully scratched the surface of it as (laughs) in terms of that. And as a child, I don't think I was expressing that stuff in my work as a a young person. My work was very much like, um, ragey and angry, Mm. which it still is. Um, (laughs) but I don't think I was talking about like food insecurity or sure. housing insecurity you weren't aware of the big picture yet i was no i knew it was happening in my household i didn't know it was happening neighborhood wide
0: gotcha yeah i wonder if i don't know if this is an experience you had but i i feel like because i was creative when i was growing up too i like did a lot of those like creative writing cams and stuff mm-hmm. but i feel like there was um a different approach for me as a child because i think i don't want to call it imitation because it wasn't but there's a sense of like um when i first started writing I would I was reading a lot and that mm-hmm. everything was new to me, right? Like just even learning what yeah. writing supposed to look like. So a lot of the times when I wrote, like I wrote songs, I would kind of try to imitate what something sounded like. Yeah. And yeah, it would be original, but it, it didn't, it wasn't this thing of me um, having a, like a feeling and then needing to get it out. Yeah. It was, I want to write a song. Oh, I like Britney Spears. And then I would kind of go from the outside in. Mm-hmm. Did you, what you were saying kind of uh, made me think of that because you were saying like you shifted from like doing things without like, more from, like, an angsty place, mm-hmm. and then now you use it to express. Yeah. Did you, what was, like, the moment that kind of... Do you, like, feel like there was, like, a big event or something that made you shift? Like, oh, I need to get this out into art?
1: I think it happened when we moved to California because I was suddenly alone. Like, I in Texas, you know, people visit, right? So, they'll mm-hmm. just show up at your house and be like, hey, are you home? Like, <sighs> let's hang out. Like, well, you know, we're, are we going to go get something to eat or... Whatever. So there at least when I was the neighborhood I was in when I was growing up, there was that sense of community. And I, I had a very tight knit group of friends. And then I moved to Los Angeles, which nobody did. Uh, right. You know, people don't generally leave Oak Cliff, which is the neighborhood I'm from in Dallas. Um, but, uh, you know, I I think being here and being isolated and. I thought I was poor in Dallas Uh and then we became super fucking poor when we moved to Los Angeles, we moved like the week before nine 11. Like my mom had issues finding work and we lived in hotels for about three years before we got some permanent housing. So we were just moving like every six to eight weeks out in and out of hotel rooms all over Los Angeles. Um, And I think, that's when it started to happen. there was mm-hmm. like a, it was coupled with moving to Los Angeles, um being in a very uh very good arts high where I was being mm-hmm. taught how to actually be an artist, like how to be critical and how to think about things mm-hmm. and adding meaning to the work. and where so where did I, you go? I went to l a County High School oh, for the arts. that's so cool, it's like yeah. right here it's yeah, it's on <laughs> cal State l a campus, you know, so yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it, that's when it happened. I think out of necessity, I needed to express like those feelings and thank God I had the arts, you know, an arts education to do that.
0: That's really cool. I'm so I'm um, excited for your big confession. Maybe we should just, I'm um, like, sometimes I talk more about, um, like therapy and getting stuff out, but I feel like this leads really well into, um, the big
1: story. So I'm going to ask you if you have anything you want to tell me. Okay. So, I mean, this is kind of like a larger theme, but I was a baby mall goth in Texas, (laughs) um, which is what that film Black Lipstick was based on. My experience as like an outsider, like I remember the first time I dressed like quote unquote goth, you know what I mean?
0: Wait, can you explain? Because I'm, when you say mall goth, I don't know if this is what it is, but I just, I think Hot Topic, Mm -hmm. and I think because that's at the
1: mall, but is it just a goth that hangs out at the mall? No, it's somebody who like shops at Hot Topic, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. So you're
0: goth by... um, by shopping. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I, my uniform in middle school, once I became a goth, um, <laughs> or a freak, as we were called back in, you know... Oh, really? 2000, 2001. Um, uh, you 2001.
0: Like, that was... Uh, that you guys was, called yourselves freaks? No, that's what
1: everyone... At, oh, You know okay. what I mean? They're like, oh, sure. yeah, I hang out with the freaks over there, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're the freaks. <laughs> and really, it was just, like, kids in, like, dickies wearing uh-huh. Adidas and, like, band t-shirts. But... know we'd wear our hair in like pigtails or like draw crazy eyeliner all over our face Uh um so that's what I'm referring to is like somebody who's into like metal and new metal and like buying band t-shirts and wearing dickies but when I would go to shows I would wear like corsets and like ripped stockings and short skirts and all of this which I guess kind of all leads into several of my concert stories from that time period (laughs) which we could talk about um but yeah. So that's I mean, I was a baby Mogoth.
0: <laughs> baby. So the baby implied were you hanging out with older kids, like kind yeah, of Yeah. We okay. were hanging out
1: with high school kids. Wow. Okay. We were going to concerts, we went to OzFest. <laughs> okay, we were um there was like a really good it's now a Home Depot, but it was a bowling alley and um arcade. With laser tag and in the back of it was like i don't know gosh they must have sat like five or six hundred people and they also had a bar which they would have shows in like smaller shows Mm -hmm. um and our my best friend and her family they all um her older siblings worked at the bronco bowl Oh, wow. And our other friend, our other best friend at the time, her siblings all worked at Bronco Bowl. So we would just get into concerts for free. We would just so walk cool. right in. as like 13 and 14 year old girls, which got us into a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we would just like, go there, hang out, see a lot of live shows, which was like, pretty fucking amazing. I think
0: that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like you have because you have these two different those are I mean, they're all connected because it's all different expressions. But when I hear Malgoth and then filmmaker that you conjure like sort of two different high school experiences or middle school Mm -hmm. experiences, but they all feed into
1: one. It was all the one. (laughs) It was just, I was an arty kid who just happened to be into metal. You know what I mean? And also taking classical ballet on the weekends. You know (laughs) what I mean? I just was like, you know, Um, that way. I feel like that's like an indie movie character. I mean, I never saw the movie 13 with uh, oh, I haven't seen Evan it. Rachel Woods or whatever her name is. Yeah. Rachel Evan Woods or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking uh, about? Is that? It was like her I, first There was film. a musical called 13. Well, she had a movie that came out uh when I was in high Wait, school. Wait, Evan Rachel? Oh,
0: I'm thinking of the girl who's in Emma Roberts, but that's not. No,
1: Ray, Rachel Evan Woods. Evan Rachel Wood is someone. She is an actor, but her first like film she ever was in or made that she wrote with her best friend about being Evan Rachel Wood. bad preteens and <laughs> who were really into like Marilyn Manson and stuff. And later she actually dated Marilyn Manson. Oh, wow. But well, manifesting. I know she really did. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I never like, I never like saw that movie. Sorry, um, Manson E. Festing. Yeah, no. <laughs> look at you. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: no, you know what? I'm gonna scrub that. No, I'm just <laughs> no, keep it. It's too late. It's out there. that should be the name of the episode.
0: Manson epstein.
1: So, but I, I didn't see that movie, but I understand that that is similar to what my experience was. Oh, okay. Only probably ha- a lot more people of color, sure, <laughs> and very poor people, like very, very poor. I, I actually want to write about it and talk about it more on stage because it was like such a unique experience for you sure should.
0: was it uh was your area like i mean like was your school like separated people like did the black kids hang out with the black kids and the white kids hang out with the white kids
1: yeah but there were no white kids there was maybe 10 white kids my middle school was like 1200 or 1300 mm-hmm. kids and we had like maybe 20 white kids there we definitely didn't have any asian people <laughs> It was all Latino and black kids.
0: So in a way, do you like when the, I moved to
1: California, it was shocking to me. I was like that there are white people. <laughs> well, no, because I mean, like my family's white. But mm-hmm. like I didn't like, for example, I didn't have any Asian friends until I moved to oh, California. Yeah, there's a lot of Asian people. Like I California. didn't know that Armenia was a place <laughs> and that my favorite band at the time, System of a Down, their family was from there. Like the, that uh-huh. stuff that I just didn't know because we didn't have that experience because it was very segregated unto yeah. ourselves you know what i right. mean right so that, it was all just black and brown kids who were very poor. and
0: then within that cliques because you had mm-hmm. like the goths and then
1: there were like the girls who were like into, you know just like every other school like the girls who like dressed really cool and were yeah. like you know popular and whatever
0: there was like when i first saw mean girls and they do the table you know the mm-hmm. scene where they go through the cafeteria and like there's the jocks there's the whatever uh, um i related to the part because i go there's the asians the cool Asians. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was like, that's how my schools were. Cause if, I grew up in the Bay and it's like schools, yeah. some of the schools are like 60% Asian or something mm. insane. I think mine was like 20%, but it was that way. It's like within, um, like the Asian people, there was like, people were self like separating in the cliques. Yeah. And there was definitely like a big Asian group. And then within that, the cool kids. And then there were like the cool white kids. And then there was like a middle group of like the cool people who were like just everybody. I don't know. I think yeah. I had in the middle where they were like, we weren't like the, this is the quad kids. Um, Ooh. but there was definitely two popular groups. There was like a popular group within the Asian community mm-hmm. that I was like, they were all by themselves and I wasn't part of that. And then there were popular like white girls. And then there was just this middle ground that was like popular people who didn't care about race, I guess. I don't know. Ah. But I didn't like, at the time I wasn't that aware of it, but now I'm like, Oh, that must've been what that was. Cause those girls, the white girls kind of hung out to themselves. Yeah. they were kind of more like your classic, you know, teen movie, popular girls yeah um but now i think about it i'm like oh that for sure was like
1: they separated themselves <laughs> like, right so weird yeah i don't i i mean the group of like freaks at my middle school you know what i mean uh-huh. uh raul cantonia middle school shout out <laughs> um they were like latino black and white yeah i was like the only black girl who dressed like that really and then there was, like, a black dude. He was really into wrestling, and he would sometimes drift <laughs> in and out. But he also one time sold us weed, like, so much uh, weed for, like, no money. He it was like, just all de- For stems. the first
0: time dealing, like,
1: oh, I don't know how much to sell this for. No. <laughs> yeah, basically. And it was our <laughs> first time buying it, so we didn't fucking know. Uh, and it was just awful. <laughs> I
0: didn't know how much, like, you're supposed to buy. Because mm-hmm. you hear, like, in eighth or fourth. And uh, I think the first time I bought weed, I was like, can I just get a, a normal amount <laughs> I was like, what's well, like a normal amount someone would buy and they're like oh. eighth? So i was just yeah. like okay like i just didn't know
1: yeah oh god oh, we so funny we got given like so much we got given like I, I don't smoke weed and like this is like literally the only time i don't really i've never really had to pay for drugs uh because i'm wow. pretty. so you know what privileged I mean? no just pretty <laughs> and um but i i didn't realize this but like looking back he sold us a sandwich bag oh wow halfway filled oh with weed God. for five dollars what <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think that was just herbs yeah, who knows it was all like seed,
1: seeds and stems and shit oh, it was geez. like terrible he like plucked it from a
0: plant oh, yeah basically
1: that's so I mean, funny even though we got high uh i like vaguely remember Yeah. <laughs>
0: Were you, um, so the mom, when you first started like dressing like a goth, mm-hmm. was there a moment where you're like, I've decided I see this thing and I want to be like that yeah. or what made you, um, cause I imagine it was like a transformation all of a sudden, right? Yeah.
1: I went from being like wearing like the new, you know, Nike Air Maxes uh-huh. to like one day just showing up with like, you know, the one band shirt I had. <laughs> um, and yeah, just being whatever, um, being like angsty, um uh the I so when I showed up to my middle school, I transferred there because we moved, and I was like, it's a huge cafeteria my first day and I was like,, mm-hmm. oh, this is the hood and I, I didn't go to elementary school with any of these kids, so I'm likely gonna get like charged up like somebody's gonna try to fight me uh-huh. because that's what happens in the hood when you transfer schools the first day oh, so whoever the other big bitch is at school she's gonna try to fight you <sighs> um. And that didn't happen because as soon as I walk in, there was this girl standing there and she had like long black hair and like black and white tights like Uh over the knee. She's wearing like six inch fucking party monster fucking stacked (laughs) platforms. And, like the fingerless gloves <laughs> yeah. and like a t-shirt and a skirt. And her fucking eyeliner was like like shaped like a spider web across her face. Pale, pale, pale. And she goes, she stares at me and I'm like, oh fuck. I'm just like not gonna look at her. Cause I, I think she like I'm like, I don't want any drama. Whatever this uh-huh. is, I don't want it. And then she goes, She cocks her head to the side and she's like, Maddie? And I was like, not only does she know my name but she knows my nickname Uh you know what i mean uh which is not common and i was like oh my god and she's like it's shelly and i was like oh my god Uh shelly we grew up across the street from each other when we were like little but now she we both were at this middle school and she's like into marilyn manson a lot and so like it was like a reunion and like we just like clicked like booty and underwear we were just tight you know what i mean (laughs) and uh yeah we just started hanging out all the time and like probably within a week she took me to go see a band called cold chamber which is like this dumb new metal band from los angeles who i was obsessed with Uh and i remember the first time being in a mosh pit it was the first time i wore my hair wild Uh and fucking spider webs across my face and ripped tights and you know like you know platform shoes and I was just head banging in the pit and that was like <laughs> the first time. And I think that forever changed me. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Cause I was like, I'm going to take control of the narrative of like, I don't quite fit in, but I'm yeah. just going to make you look at me now. That's
0: like now so I'm like
1: shoving it in your face. I don't fit in.
0: Mm-hmm. Like that becomes like you fit in because you don't fit in. Like, yeah, if that makes sense. Like with yeah. your, your friends who are all decided to be like, we don't need to be part of whatever.
1: Exactly. And so I just like, I, from there I just went to a ton of concerts and mm-hmm. so I have so many stories from that that's so cool as a child going <laughs> to concerts for i some. wasn't
0: allowed to go to concerts like real big and ones good for good <laughs> reason they shouldn't have let us go i wasn't even allowed to go to backstreet boys concert i'm like who is going besides kids like it should yeah. be kids at a backstreet boys concert. yeah <sighs> But my mom's like no no and then uh but one time i they had a um, downtown polito they had like a print shop i think it's now closed It it's called the jungle and they used to like friday nights let high school bands play there
1: oh man that's
0: kind of a way to keep kids off the street uh, the streets of polito yeah but so still, dangerous no i mean it's literally like the most i mean they were cracking place. down at,
1: on curfew hard in california <laughs> like
0: oh yeah there was
1: no hanging out past 10 p.m in, was in crazy. la but, but- in texas we were just like hanging out so i get it yeah
0: but we would uh one time i was hanging out with my friend and so they were like kind of more cool and they my mom liked her so she was like yeah sure hanging out ivy's house and then we went uh to the jungle but it was like you know that kind of garage van feeling and she was like um you can't wear what you're wearing so she, she so she let me borrow her clothes like her like graphic tees and i wore like yeah. etnies and i remember feeling like oh my god this is so cool right? I, like it was literally like she's like dressed me and then we went to a concert and i was like ah oh, i fit in here <laughs> right i feel like a different person yeah, I, you know? I hid who i am so now i feel more mean
1: mm-hmm. like me well i don't know but
0: yeah no there's
1: um, probably that element for no, sure
0: <laughs> no i think because once you realize you don't have to conform then you can mm-hmm. just do whatever. And that's exciting.
1: Yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure on kids to all kind of all be the same. Yeah. You know,
0: it's weird when I think of teenagers though, I think of like goths, like, mm-hmm. cause that's what I, maybe it's the most bold image, but, um, I'm sure like a 13 year old or I don't know, maybe like when, you know, you as an eighth grader thought, uh, you were, people were staring at you cause you look different. But actually I feel like when I think of teens, that's my kind of my norm. Like I think mm-hmm. if I saw a teenager, I might just stare because teenagers. I don't know. We're all fascinated
1: by youth. Yeah. But I would just be like, oh, a teenager. Not like, oh, look at that goth. <laughs> I think it's weird when I see adults still clinging on to the, <laughs> the look that they've been rocking since 2001-ish. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, what does that say? But like, live your life. No judgment. But low key, I am watching. It's
0: like people who are very into Disney. And I also love Disneyland. But like, in a, you know, you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah. There's like adults who actually, I think the Venn diagram of Disney lovers and adult goths is quite
1: large. Yeah, um, there's a lot of crossover <laughs> there. There's a yeah. goth day at Disneyland. Oh my God, of course there is. Mm-hmm. I'm it's not It's just shocked. adults dressed. Did goth. you ever go to grad night at
0: Disneyland? Uh, no, I didn't grow up in LA. I grew
1: up in the Bay right but you guys didn't like trip down to no
0: our grad night was so lame it was like the one year we didn't even get it i think we either spent all our money or the it parents was a punishment
1: who, or something yeah maybe they or maybe took the- away grad night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no we had it but it was so lame they took us to like and it's supposed to be a secret and people get excited because mm-hmm. they've gone to really cool stuff they've gone to like san francisco like to the you know whatever shut down a museum and got to go in wow but we did it was literally like some rec center in like san jose that was just like Ha- and we thought it like didn't even have anything like we were like maybe there's go karts and because we drove by a go karts thing but oh. it was closed it was just like an open space and they had some what music what a disappointment so bad they had a hypnotist I think but
1: it was really lame <laughs> wow they really fucking phoned it in yeah
0: it was damn not fun um but whatever my 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 graduating year was lame I feel like we fucked up we didn't have a good graduation gift uh mm. we were the only when we were juniors we were the only class because we had a homecoming competition we're the only class that ever like lost to this we I think we lost to other freshmen or sophomores basically we oh no it may have been senior year literally every year that during the homecoming competition the seniors always win I think it was senior year and then we lost to the juniors Ugh. and everyone was so mad they walked out oh my god because that must have been like high drama yeah it was and we were Fuck. I remember crying <laughs> <laughs> I cried forgot i i just like saying that flashed me back to standing outside the gym it's like dark in the parking lot just like we worked so hard like i can't believe we we lost and then you're just like a
1: sweet soul dude (laughs) that's the sweetest thing it doesn't even matter i know it doesn't No, it shows that
0: my class was full like it shows that so arrogant your class sucked but (laughs) you were a good soul but Hard. also the teacher should have just given it to us. It's like a nothing competition meant to like boost school spirit but also just let the seniors win. They're the seniors. But they didn't. I think they didn't like juniors
1: a chip on their shoulder to really show up for the next year. The juniors were
0: really good. Um, Yeah. One of my best friends was a junior and she was one of those. She ended up working for uh, Obama's campaign. Oh, my God. And it's just like and then she was an intern in the White House when she was like 18 or 17 or something. Yeah. So she was I mean, like and she was the girl leading their class, was their president, got most likely to be president. Um, Like just amazing. She's still Um, doing
1: politics now.
0: I think she's in like non-profit. I don't, I haven't cupped up with her. Mm. I remember the last time I checked, she was like traveling, doing some sort of like good, good, like goodwill job. Um, No, I think she left the White House stuff after Obama left, obviously. (laughs) Um, I could see that. But um, she may have been involved with Hillary. I'm not super sure. But she was like Mm. an Obama girl. Like she worked with him on the campaign trail and was an intern in the White House. Has multiple pictures with his dog. Jesus. Just like, like at least, just like I don't know I'm like I remember seeing like three different profile pictures with Bo her and Bo the, Bo and the dog and I'm like how do you just have all this time to play with the White House dog
1: um but Sounds yeah so amazing. they won so what a time and a place yeah um so I have like a bunch of concert stories oh, I don't okay know if we I want to hear it. yes we do no
0: no let's hear it um so yeah we w- got plenty of time
1: one time um there's so many stories I talk about this on stage right now actually but so Napster used to have a free concert um (laughs) thing Felt a chill Napster right (laughs) the fucking pre-lime wire we had Napster Uh (laughs) and you could download music for free and um so they were doing a free concert series to um like I don't know uh uh speak out against paying artists for intellectual property. You know, basically, (laughs) I mean, in hindsight, as a person who wants to make money off of streams and downloads, it's like like the
0: fuck Jerry of, uh, Yeah, they're just giving free (laughs) shit. And and in a
1: way it felt like rebellious to use it. And like when you're poor, it was like, Yeah, this makes sense. But Mm -hmm. like as an artist who wants to get paid, I'm like, Fuck, that was horrible. Um Uh But okay, so um they they were doing this free show and Limp Biscuit played and they were (laughs) coming to the Bronco Bowl and um this is like early baby goth days and so my mom wasn't like real free with letting me just like go anywhere really like she was like tightening up in some way because i was going to shows all the time and so um i had to be home by 10 or 12 i had to like come home at the end of the night and whatever um so in order to get a ticket you had to wait in line Mm -hmm. overnight to get a free ticket to go to the show and they would release them the next day and a bunch of people showed up so security made everyone stand on the edges of the parking lot Mm -hmm. and then at like exactly at like um, 11 boom they said all right go and like all these people fucking running and gunning and like get a spot in line it was insane it was mayhem wow but I told my mom, she said I couldn't go. So I told my mom that I was with Shelly. Uh-huh. Shelly's mom didn't care because she was working so much that she didn't, was not aware that her child wasn't coming home tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, our friend, uh, uh, who will remain nameless, uh, also <laughs> told her mom that she was at my house. And I said, I was at her house. Classic so move. Just fucking, <laughs> we were like, we got it. We're 13. We're really tricking uh-huh. these 40 year old women into like, <laughs> into something they did not agree to let us do.
0: I wonder if people can still do, do- do that because this was like pre-cell phone internet
1: really being heavy i don't know i think it's
0: um, probably very hard to do that now kids
1: don't we i mean i was on such a fucking free leash and i thought i wasn't like compared to like what the kids go through now sure i was on my phone now you can literally be like where are they i mean they probably have fucking gps trackers in their backpacks and stuff like that you know what i mean like mom and dad aren't playing like they don't even play outside anymore yeah but that makes
0: sense it's dangerous outside. I guess but there's I guns. Mean, I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean there was always guns though, and no, always predators, and that's why I get it. But I'm just saying, it was freer back in the day, um, and so my mom. Just had an inkling because she always knew when I was up to some bullshit for some Uh reason, like she just fucking knew (laughs) I was a terrible liar. And so she called my friend's mom and was like, I'd like to speak to my daughter. And she's like, oh, your daughter's not here. And my mom was like, hmm, I wonder where she is. So she gets in her fucking Volvo Which um, only goes 35 miles an hour. (laughs) It doesn't shift out of third gear. It also doesn't go in reverse. So, like, it's, like, barely hanging on. Uh And she literally just, like, shows up and she's, like, she skims the line, which is wrapped around the building of the Bronco Bowl. And she fucking finds me <laughs> Shelley and her friend
0: Cause you were dressed in such a
1: loud outfit goth no. i mean yeah but so was everyone else. Uh, but i was probably uh-huh. like one of 10 black people there <sighs> and she was like madison get in this car right now and she didn't fucking speak to me like the whole way home oh my god she actually sent me off to stay with my grandmother in west texas for like the rest of the summer wow. which means that i missed um the smashing pumpkins playing in dallas one last time before they broke up oh which I'll never forgive her for <laughs> And this Green Day. I'm still pissed about. I'm harboring these resentments.
0: It didn't. I feel like Green Day is still out there puttering about. Yeah, but this isn't in like in hide up Green Day. Yeah,
1: this is like before they sucked. This is before American. <laughs> before Idiot.
0: that musical, Amer- oh, they yeah. also made a
1: musical. Remember? I know. I knew On a girl Broadway. was in the original cast. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's well. Um, I bet she's doing great. I think she was in Pippin or something. Um. <laughs> Yeah. She, uh, yeah. So it was just like wild. It was like, that's like a story that I've, that's so scary. Just even you saying that, like the moment your
0: mom goes "Madison, get in this car, like every, like I, everyone can relate to that moment of getting caught when you're
1: a kid and you're like, Mm -hmm. fuck, I'm in trouble. Like, I mean, she literally sent me to my grandmother's for like three weeks. Oh man. There was no internet there was no chat rooms. Okay. I couldn't get in my fucking AOL chat room, which I was really into at the time. <laughs> I had a long distance relationship with somebody in California. You know what I mean? He was like, Oh yeah, I'm a basis in this band. I'm like, Oh, for sure. Yeah. You yeah, are. yeah. You're
0: telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, she fucked up the rest of my summer. Oh man. It was bad times.
0: Um, did you ever like try to sneak out or do lie to her after that? Or did that actually change your i yeah i
1: didn't i didn't lie to her anymore and then she (laughs) started just letting me go because i was telling the truth true because she knew you're gonna do it no matter what and then like i got a boyfriend and he was like a high schooler so Mm -hmm. she knew there was a responsible adult present
0: oh god (laughs) i thought you were gonna say then i got she got more strict but then she was like that's so funny
1: because then he would go to shows with me i was in i was in good hands you know what i mean i mean as as best as you can.
0: Uh, My mom was so strict, but it's like what you're saying of like, we think the leash is shorter than it is. Mm -hmm. My mom sounds like she was a little stricter than yours, but she was still like, she was loose enough. Like she used to pride herself that she was not as strict as like, she would say like other Asian parents. And I was like, but I'm in America. Yeah. But I'm like, (laughs) I'm in America. Like you can't compare yourself to your two friends. Like it's parents don't like, I have very understanding obviously now, but it's also like some parents just don't understand. Like when you're in high school, or even middle school, it can really feel like your w- whole world. Like if everyone or like, t- you know, most of the class can do something and you can't, or it, like really, one of your
1: friends, yeah, just one you person out on yeah. so
0: much, like just not being able to go to a pool party or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause there's boys there. Like there's not, we didn't have a full social calendar. There's like one pool party, you know, per, per three months or whatever. You're like, yeah. I can't go to the thing that people are going to be po- talking about for the next two months or yeah. But I mean, I do understand the protectiveness, but it yeah. was so, like, she would follow me at the mall. Oh, I, that had have uh, been embarrassing as fuck. Oh, my God. Like, I, <laughs> just, so, like, so much shame. Not, I just can't.
1: <laughs> Did she? Well, because I guess, like, she would probably let you go out if you went with your sister or something, your twin.
0: No, she would come with us. And it was hard to get friends to want to come because they were most of my friends. Like, this, this was like, and I guess we we're still pretty young, but like 13 at least. Like, I feel like you're mm-hmm. allowed to go to the movies. Yeah. But, um. But, and my friends didn't want parents around either. So then it's like, they didn't want to come. And my mom was going, mm. not because they were going to do anything, but just like, you know, at that age, you're like, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm beyond parents. So, yeah. um, but I did get caught once after prom and I was doing something wrong. So, you know, whatever she was right. But <laughs> Listen. I, I got caught drinking, um, after prom and I went straight to bed after like, and I came home, could we had a curfew. So we still mm-hmm. came home. But I came home drunk and I went straight to bed and my sister started talking to my mom. Oh,
1: what? What yeah, a fucking rat. She
0: was, and she hadn't been drinking very much, but she still kind of smelled like alcohol. So oh, my no. mom woke me up because she was like, oh, if Jenna's drunk, Teresa will be drunk. And <laughs> I <laughs> well, was so wasted. So she woke me up and like grounded us for three months. I think that was like, Uh, right before the summer so then pretty much all summer i was grounded i was so upset and now i'm like i guess that's good for her she she, She i mean she should have
1: being a good parent
0: but at the time but it's also prom i don't know i don't know where i stand on stuff because it's like you should if you have rules you should have them and you should enforce them but also sometimes there's just a rite of passage that you know your teenager
1: is Needs. Going to break a rule, prom and
0: yeah, like yeah. teenagers are going to drink. You should do your best to make sure they're safe and informed. But like, yeah, I don't like know. They are smoke
1: weed, yeah, have sex, all those gonna things. Do it. They're going <laughs> to experiment. I think I was thinking about that today actually because I thought I was having an acid flashback. <laughs> and I remember the time I told my mom when I was a kid that I'd done acid and how she flipped out on me. <laughs> of wow. course. How her, old were you when you first did acid? Uh, 13 (gasps) wow that's pretty young this is during the start of baby goth goth days yeah um this is right before in between seeing cold chamber and right before trying to see limb biscuit so i think she was probably like looking out for me you know what i mean she's a single parent she's doing the best she could but (sighs) i was also just like on a fucking warpath to just (laughs) try everything um but i was thinking about like well was that an appropriate reaction and i'm like I don't know you know and I'm also like I don't know what I would do if I was like a single parent who yeah. like had this one daughter who's in a very volatile neighborhood where like teen pregnancy was a thing uh-huh. dropping out of school and middle school was a thing I mean are the class president in my middle school the year above me when I was so an eighth grader she had to leave because she got pregnant. Oh, wow. As an eighth grader? As an eighth (gasps) grader. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing was very common. So I understand, like, why she was...
0: Well, she may have also not we think it's because our parents don't trust us, but she, she may have not trusted she the people trust around the world you. Around. Yeah. yeah. And that makes sense. Cause it's like, now we know how terrible some people can be. And we're like, we're not going to do anything, but like, you know, a predator against a 13 year old is like, really
1: like, they have way more strength and power. Mm. So yeah, I do understand that, but I don't know how I would react now. And I don't know what it's going to be like if, and when I have kids, you know? So yeah, I can't, future trip on that you know it, what I mean? it made I can't me like, um, about that. when
0: uh I, I didn't watch the r kelly documentary but i did a podcast where we talked about r kelly and went into his whole thing mm. that really spooked me because that's something where it's like as a parent like i don't think he even had really allegations at the time and so it's like some Big shot artist wants to take your I mean, kid he had under rumors, your rumors but
1: the internet wasn't a thing. Because Aaliyah yeah. was supposedly married to him, oh, but yeah, it was yeah. a rumor only. Right, and in you can the squash late 90s. It. Yeah, and it was like, oh, that's not true. They also said that little Kim went to the ER and had her stomach pumped for Ugh. drinking a gallon of cum. Like stuff like that was like rampant in the nineties. Sure. You know what I mean? That's true. So no no of that. the parents didn't believe it.
0: Well, also they may not have like if uh, they're not in the industry, and then mm-hmm. you hear these rumors, and then you meet the guy, and I'm sure he was very charming, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh well he's working and people work with him mm-hmm. if it was true then they wouldn't and he's just like i want to work with your daughter mm-hmm. like a lot of um people i mean a lot of people did but a lot of people would just be like okay cool i guess i this is a situation this happens all the time i, I must have no idea trust. i don't know about yeah. the
1: industry so yeah but
0: i heard beyonce's um parents would never let her oh destiny child work with him because they had heard rumors and like nope oh i thought
1: they did do a song together did they yeah, yeah maybe as kids like, yeah well oh. i don't know how old they were but like or yeah. maybe without
0: supervision i I remember their reading dad, something like, that
1: their dad said he th- was like it was just business yeah so and he must have always been there probably
0: and he said something like um, he was very careful about leaving them alone with anyone because he was very aware of how old they were and mm-hmm. how predatorial music industry was so i'm like that's mm-hmm. good on him like yeah. I, I can imagine kids being frustrated and wanting to run away or escape but it's like yeah. thank god i mean geez yeah Ugh.
1: i don't know i'm probably gonna keep my kid on a tight leash well i don't know I have no idea. I don't even know what the world it's parenting has changed so much. Yeah. Like the people who have children now, like not, not only the Gen Xers, but the millennials that have kids. Yeah. Yeah completely different experience than like our parents who raised us. You know what I mean? Like that's like a huge generational gap and so much has happened. The fucking internet happened. Cell phones happened. um, Yeah.
0: It's like they're starting in a different world.
1: They don't even fucking advertise to kids the same way. Like when we were kids, the advertisement was so, predatorial and heavy like uh uh-huh. you know what i mean like if you watched a series of saturday morning cartoons for example it'd be like oh yeah eat this candy eat this snack with yeah your lunch, like a super buy soaker. this gun buy this uh-huh. <laughs> nerf ball buy this um what was that um the squishy stuff oh kush like the kush yeah buy this buy that and it's like I was like wrapped up in the Toys R Us culture. I don't know how else to better put it, but like yeah. they don't do that as aggressively to children anymore because of how it affected But they sell generation. them people now, influencers. I feel yeah. like a lot of the influencers mm-hmm. are,
0: have, uh, make a living from kids, like yeah. just kids liking them and, uh, subscribing to their stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like, there's like, you know, apps like musically and uh, mm, what is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiki, whatever I yeah, can't remember. TikTok, or TikTok. Whatever. Yeah. It's all like within the app, you can tip people, but with real money. Mm. And so that's what these kids spend their money on. And it's money. It doesn't mean anything to them because they don't make you it work for it. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're just like buying interactions with their favorite
1: celebrities that are all manufactured. It's, it's so, totally different world so bizarre and so i don't know if the, the like my grandparents for example my granddad was born in 1917 oh wow you know what i mean my yeah, grandmother totally flew world. planes in the second world war i the modeling of parenting i have is so outdated <laughs> i have no idea although my mom currently works with like children as like a, a nanny and so she would probably be a great guide for me now but like i truly don't know like what my instincts would be because of how i was raised you know what i mean i'm like yeah oh this might be some (laughs) out-of-date parenting right here
0: i think some of it is about setting up your kid with values because you can never really control and if you try they're they're gonna rebel you can't control what they do or like how they look or you know what Mm -hmm. they're you know if they want to go goth or prep or whatever you can't control that but i think like you know within all those um Clicks like you're you people still have their own values, right? Like you think you're rebelling and being like a a freak or whatever, but at the end of the day, you're still you, mm-hmm. and and you have all the stuff your mom taught you. Which I mean, you know, now you've grown up and pursued the arts, and you obviously like are very well adjusted. So I think all that speaks well to you know your mom raising you. Yeah, oh,
1: my mom did a great job. Yeah, it was, it was best. But that's the thing is like but, it's scary mm.
0: as a mom because you can't know, but I think you just have to trust. Like you've instilled the values, let them like come to their own whatever journey like let yeah. them figure out who they are and they'll at the end of the day they'll remember what you taught them and you know mm-hmm. then that's all you can really do I don't know yeah no I think that's true
1: did you um were you goth all the way through high school okay so when I moved to California suddenly I suddenly didn't have my friends right <laughs> and so like that that I had, like, a, another baby mall goth in high school who was my friend Natalie. I stayed, um, like, baby mall goth until, like, sophomore year. Uh-huh. And then I kind of went, like, a little bit indie. You know what okay. I mean? Wearing baseball yeah. t-shirts, wear my bangs to the side. Uh-huh.
0: MySpace era. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I, um, I started uh, getting, into, uh, getting into, like, Rockabilly and Psychobilly. Okay. And so I did that. And so I was, like, a, staying a little bit subcultural. But then it, it all sort of, like, dropped away by the time I was going into college I mm-hmm. sort of left all of that behind so
0: there was a guy who i went to college with who dressed up as a vampire every day a freshman <laughs> year and this is pre-twilight so he would wear this cape we called him cape boy which i guess wasn't very nice but I, it was accurate i think he may have called himself cape no he didn't but he was actually really really smart and talented um but he he was like he wanted to be weird like yeah. he definitely would like be like <laughs> was he at in the he was in screenwriting with me. Okay, dramatic that's writing. So
1: weird. He must. He was a theater kid though. In high oh, for school. sure, he's a theater kid he, because like only theater kids wore capes oh, in yeah. public
0: and hissed at yes. people. My God. Like on purpose. Like it's funny because I even when people were being mean, I would be like, "Oh, being mean." But then now in hindsight, I'm like, he wanted us to. He wanted to feel different because maybe he mm-hmm. felt different inside, and um, and that was a, and if he put it on the outside and people would mean control of yeah that exactly exactly so i think yeah. there was a little bit of that but anyways after twilight came out oh all his screenplays were about vampires every time we did even a scene in class it would be so he'd find a way to make it about vampires <laughs> so we were like we know it's your thing vampires but then twilight came out and then like he he he's uh i think it was summer or whatever but like the yeah. the year semester after the movie came out he just totally came transformed like he would wear khakis and like a button up and wow. like his hair was like washed and cut short and we were like oh what happened he was like I don't like vampires anymore <laughs> it was so funny because I think he was like now it's this whole mainstream thing and I hate it yeah, maybe it was just all an act. Yeah, and then he kind of grew out. I mean, I think he still likes them, but he. I think he was like, I, this isn't cool anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or and maybe then, he
1: was like, I don't need this anymore. Whatever yeah. vampires were giving him, you know what I mean? Sure, he, yeah. He wasn't getting it anymore, so he had to drop it.
0: And it did change. Like, then we all kind of got to know each other more. Mm-hmm. Maybe this was sophomore, junior year, whatever. It was after mm-hmm. freshman year. Um, and then it was a small department. So I think it did work, like whatever he... F- found in himself like yeah. opened him up more and he brought was still him to ho- that thing yeah he was still who he was but like we became friends i remember i think he went to harvard after that or drew wow. there or something to study for his master's so wow, then yeah he's a him. very smart guy and then like you know knew what, what he was underneath mm-hmm. but i think it took him a while to figure out how to just be himself without yeah, all I'm the sure costumes it was like because
1: you went to school in new york right yeah and he wasn't from new york maybe i don't think so so maybe it was also a way to either keep him reminding himself of like home sure. or to protect him in a completely new environment. And because what are vampires? Immortal. Mm, true. Right. Wow. You can't hurt them. You can't make <laughs> them bleed. You can't, you know what I mean? Oh, maybe. Yeah. So maybe there was something that was like psychologically going on with I him. I never thought you about know? that. Yeah. If you, it's kind of a beautiful metaphor, actually. Oh, thinking about sweet. it. I would say that was not the case necessarily with my baby gothness, but like <laughs> he's similar enough. So well, there's I something about like macabre about, Liking like dark shit yeah. So if you're really like the serial killers back then too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: so how do you feel now that they're so popular? I
1: I got back into them. I just picked <laughs> up where I left off. But now I'm like, oh, now I have like the real world adult brain me who's like, okay, like I, I'm like it makes me hyper vigilant. Oh yeah, because yeah. when you're a
0: kid, you there's a fantasy element, uh-huh. even though you know it's real. You're just mm-hmm. like, I'm just reading about serial killers. There's no danger. And then as an adult, you're like, oh, serial killers killed. Strangers. Real people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not likely that either of us will be killed by a serial killer, mm-hmm. but um, there's still weird, violent acts that happen all the time sure. that are somewhat random and yeah. actually quite prevalent, like that we will know whoever is going to attack us. So I'm like weird about other stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. I, you mean, know what I mean, like ex-boyfriends
1: yeah. and stuff. I'm like very like...
0: That's true. You know Definitely I mean? being careful about that. Mm-hmm. It is hard to... I try not to live... Well, I don't like serial killer stuff because it does make me really scared. Yeah. But it also it's hard to live in fear because some of it is just like an element you can't control.
1: Exactly. And then so
0: I'm like, well, if it's going to happen, it would happen. Uh, I hope it doesn't. But like thinking about it really, it just puts so much anxiety in my head. So now I have to yeah. just imagine that like I am invincible even though I know it's not true because otherwise I'm like
1: constantly fearing murders. Well, I just, I do like things like buy window locks, extra locks on the door. Like I am paying attention to my surroundings when I walk to and from my car. If I get a weird feeling from somebody, I honor that. You know what I mean? I, I have my cell phone out. I, you know, try to do things that are preventative so that if something does happen, I'm set up for the best possible outcome versus not and i have no problem setting boundaries with people like telling them to fuck off or being like (laughs) get out of my space or you're making me uncomfortable like i can do that more in the moment than like i could as a child for example so that's my kind of thing but my therapist is like "Mm, maybe a little hypervigilance and i was like oh (laughs) maybe you're right Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I like when therapists like,
0: get really proud of figuring something out. So I feel like mine sometimes says that. She'll be like, oh, oh,
1: I hear this. Do you this. think they secretly are like, is she crying? Is she gonna cry? She- yeah. Uh, yeah, like an inside high five Or like, yeah, that's right. She's fucking breaking down her shit. <laughs> they
0: want you to cry. It's maybe I um I've made my therapist cry and then like she'll yeah, like wipe her teeth. Wow. I I wonder if she leans into it th- because maybe she thinks it's good but I don't like it it bugs me because I'm like this is my time
1: yeah I can't (laughs) if if my therapist were to cry I've only had one who like got like emotional Mm. with me about something um but that's because we had done like a lot of like we had done EDMR together. So it was this whole, is huge, that the I one? Yeah. It's the oh my like, God. Hymn- wait, I want
0: to talk about that. Cause oh, mine yeah. suggested it. I haven't done it. Oh, it's great. But it, d- like, Did you like it?
1: I loved it. It really did help me deal with a lot of unprocessed trauma in my life. Whoa. Um, related to sexual assault and, um, you know, being the witness of a lot of domestic violence and stuff. So for me, it's literally like changed. Like it's changed my world. Really? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um,
0: in case people don't know what it is, like eye a rapid eye movement, movement thing, right? Something. It's I don't like know. a new method where, or maybe it's not that new, but it's um somewhat new, uh, where. They is there's no like electricity or anything. They just tap your eyes and say stuff to
1: you, right? No. So the way that it, so it's a form. It's a thing that's used with a lot of like vets. Sure. uh, Yeah, because it helps with trauma. Yeah. And so it just basically shortens the loop of like it helps you process all your stuff. So like like left brain to right brain. mm -hmm. So like when your body is experiencing trauma, Mm -hmm. it just like instead of just like it's picking up every little detail of the thing, like the smell of Mm -hmm. the room or the color of the wall, it's picking up up all of the information at once which is like triggering your brain to like go back over and relive that trauma oh, in weird. some way. And so basically it's like using I use these little they're called like pads or paddles or something and they're like two little vibrating pads that mm-hmm. I would hold in either hand and it would just send a steady repeating pulse to each hand a signal and I would just talk about the experience if there was a new sensation that came up, like maybe a feeling or a smell mm-hmm. or, a, you know, so, something, a sight, something that I remember that was said or done or whatever. And it helped me kind of like process things that happened oh, wow. to me. But then also it gave me um, this is going to, you know, s- say what you want about this, but it gave me like a safe space. And so when yeah. I could like basically at the end of every session box up that experience like we don't have your rape is in this box and we're gonna put this box in a wall and we're gonna shut the door behind it we're gonna walk away and we're gonna walk into like a safe space in my mind that i'd like kind of been to a place where i felt comfortable and safe and i sometimes when i'm like really about to tip out into like a full on panic attack about Mm -hmm. something i can take myself to that space and at least like slow my breathing down enough to like not fully flip the fuck out oh, wow. and through that process it's part of that process that i actually started doing stand-up
0: oh really so this yeah. is a while ago but this this is is like i'm sorry ago. that i mean i i we've talked about it off uh um, yeah off the record Don't but worry about uh, it. but i'm sorry that that happened I mean, to it, you
1: it's all this kind of shit happens to people it's yeah. stuff that happens to people no one gets out of this life unscathed this happens to be stuff that happened to me. Other people have other stories that, you know, it's, impact them, you know,
0: it's interesting that you say it's like a box. Cause I've, um, that's kind of what I thought would, would drew me to it. I just haven't done it. The idea of like, um, almost like, unrolling a memory mm-hmm. like like covering every corner because i think yeah. that's the stuff people don't you know people want to be supportive but they'll usually be like you can talk to me but people don't really want to hear everything mm-hmm. or maybe they do but they get whatever it when you're saying traumatic things to them it's obviously will cause reactions so mm-hmm. the idea of just sometimes wanting to like get it all out and be like i remember this and this and just all the loose details yeah, all of it but Then once it's out you
1: feel like it's oh, out okay of your body. i got it away from me you yeah. can release it you know and uh I mean, even in, with one of my uh, traumatic events that we processed, I was actually able to go in and like rescue myself.
0: Oh, you wow. You know what I mean? Like something from that the, happened to me as a like child. Like rewrite
1: it a little bit? Completely rewrite it. Do you do self-parenting? I don't.
0: With um, <laughs> what you're saying uh, or inner child work? Is that what that is? I,
1: uh, I don't even know, but it just was part of that particular traumatic event because it happened when I was three. Oh, wow. So it was like, that i needed to like get some healing around you yeah. know what i mean and so for whatever reason we had me go back in but the rest of them we didn't really do that kind of savior work with i don't uh-huh. know what you call it maybe it's inter- inter- t- well, the way my
0: therapist explained it is like you're um every age you've ever been within you like all at once so when there's like traumatic stuff um uh, sometimes you'll be triggered and like go back to that age mm-hmm. so that's what i thought maybe you were talking about like just you can kind of go back and parent that part of you. Like if I'm having a panic attack, I'll be like, Hey Teresa, it's okay. And it's almost like I'm being the parent to the, uh, the eight year old I feel or whatever. Wow. So, but that's, I don't know. That's really cool. It is. I it's it's, it's a little silly that. when I first heard it, but, but cause I do talk to myself, but it helps cause then yeah. you suddenly become this like, some of it comes from just needing safety and maybe mm-hmm. not having it, um, for whatever reason when you're growing up yeah. and, uh, and always feeling like that longing feeling, you know? Mm-hmm that's what usually makes me cry a lot. Just feeling like I didn't have enough, mm-hmm. but then you suddenly step in and you become the parent right. to yourself, which is cool. Cause then you're like, Oh, I'll give you the thing that you want.
1: I, I did not realize that. I mean, I, I've definitely heard of people like self soothing and stuff, but I didn't Maybe know that Maybe the that was...
0: same thing. Self soothing. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't mean, know the technical term. I, I don't either.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've never done it. Clearly I'm out here. Self soothing <laughs> in the worst possible ways. But, um, that's, that's really interesting. I love that kind of shit. I mean, yeah. I, I just got back into therapy recently and I'm just having a great time being in my feelings and sad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Cause it's like, I need to like, I feel like I've kind of done the heavy lifting of processing the big traumas in my life. And now it's like these day to day things. It's like, okay. So I kind of like, not that it's going to go away, but I've dealt with, I've done the, a lot of the big, big works. And now how do I live my life as somebody who's a survivor of these traumatic events? Uh, that's where I am. So I, I love that kind of shit. I might.
0: Yeah. I want to do EDM uh, or EDMR. 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 Yeah. It sounds like, a, um, e- like a music genre
1: EDMR. Yeah, It does. It does sound like EDM. Yeah.
0: I, I wonder if there is something in EDM or like trans music that actually does help with, I don't know. I thought about, it cause I mean, I'm sure some of this is influenced by the drugs you're on when you're doing or when mm-hmm. you're listening, but there is something really spiritual and, uh, Transcendental about like going mm-hmm. to I don't really go now but to going to electronic music Concerts because yeah. there's that pulse Like when you're saying the pulse there's a beat And there's a feeling of like Your heartbeat gets with it Yeah, Because it's so strong
1: up. Like the the bass and the music is so strong You start to help your breath and your blood flow goes in time with the music
0: it's easier to process emotions that come up because it's kind of like to this rhythm mm-hmm. so the like the their structure so some of the chaos or the unknown element is gone because you're like i will think in this rhythm mm-hmm. um i don't know there's some, yeah. There might
1: be. I mean, that certainly, I mean, we see that in with like tribal communities. Like, they do yeah. like a lot of rituals and stuff like that to drums or sure. like music that has like a repetitive notion about it. I could definitely see that.
0: That's cool. I got to try this therapy. It can yeah, work for you. i have never heard anyone do it before. So that
1: scared me a little when she mm-hmm. brought it up because I was like, I don't know if it would work. What's I, it going to do? Whitney Cummings did it on a podcast oh. like years ago. And I was like, okay, well, let me try it. And then the therapist that I, happened to be with at the time I was like yeah actually i'm training this let's do uh, it and i was like what the fuck oh amazing like that's called manifesting miracle, you know? yeah um, manson
0: yeah <laughs> manson manifesting um, well i really appreciate you sharing all that yeah
1: i was uh, thank you for having me
0: yeah i want to end with a quick game um, okay. just to lighten the mood it's um uh, this is a simple game it's called rant or rave okay and i'm just gonna it's kind of like rapid fire i'll list um topics some of them are like pop culture some of them are general and then you can uh either rant or rave about it um okay. just the quick i'll 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 just call them out so mm-hmm. you can yeah start a rant start a rave and then i'll call out the next one
1: okay cool ready okay all right Um uh, rain love it love the rain i mean i just really love it because it's like it cools the air ariana grande um i you know uh please listen to my episode of pod is a woman if you want more information but this week she fucking got a tattoo and some kanji japanese lettering that she doesn't fucking even know what it is and that's very cafe gratitude i've never been in cafe gratitude but now that i live uh in a certain neighborhood i might be (laughs) uh deadlines deadlines really need to be better about being on my deadlines um i'm supposed to be bullet journaling uh haven't done it cats love my cat love cats really into watching cat sponsored video (laughs) love dogs loved your dog he came (laughs) leaping into my arms as soon as i saw him taking the higher road Mm, really overrated. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I could be more petty and messy. Revenge. Sometimes. Actually, yeah, I get it. i Loved I need more revenge porn. Not not like actual <laughs> not like actual like footage of like stolen like pornographic images. I just mean like Firefest. watching somebody like kill No, oh, I'm failing. Firefest. I'm not a bad person. Um Firefest watched both documentaries and wow, Jaw Rule, my favorite. And just he's my favorite. He's a bro. Who knew? Costco Churros um great let's go get one tea uh, tea. um spill it let's go love a tea (laughs) paying rent on time Mm -mm. i don't pay rent so i don't know Uh, (laughs) cardi b cardi b is the fucking queen i have a cardi b inspired tattoo i love her she's Uh, the best and uh super bowl this final one i'm gonna eat wings tomorrow so that's cool can I just say the revenge point I just meant like I just meant like watching somebody like get sweet revenge on somebody yes, yes, yes. that's I what understood. I meant I didn't mean like actually-
0: I'm gonna cut this explanation out no I'm just kidding <laughs>
1: <laughs> um no,
0: uh yes, we understand Madison does yeah. not want you to um I'm not put up I'm porn anti that. as yeah. revenge. She means great stories about revenge. People getting the yes. comeuppance. I love
1: it. Totally. Where can we find you for Please, the listeners? Oh my god, find me on Twitter at Madison Shepherd and on Instagram at Madison underscore Shepherd i'm also on facebook i could use some likes to my professional facebook page uh madison shepherd (laughs) look her up follow her on facebook go watch her show she's so
0: funny always crushes i love watching you perform thank you i love watching you perform (laughs) you're so fucking funny dude (laughs) um thank you so much um and you can follow this podcast at tell me anything pod on instagram and join our patreon patreon.com slash tell me anything pod thank you